Blog Talk Radio. The Four Persons, Inc. is a federally registered and licensed 501c3 charity. Any use of any of our content without our permission is prohibited by law. Our purpose is evangelization, education, and social action. Please go to our website at thefourpersons.com or our blog site at thefourpersons.net to make your tax-deductible donation by credit or debit card. You can also send a check to The Four Persons, Inc., P.O. Box 11214, Manassas, Virginia, 20113. To contact us, send us an email at email at thefourpersons.com. Listening to the Four Persons Show on Blog Talk Radio. We are your enthusiastic and faithful Catholic apostolate. For more information about what we do, go to our show page at thefourpersons.com and our blog site at thefourpersons.net. To call in tonight with your comment or question, dial 515-602-9655. The number, again, is 515-602-9655. You don't know me, but I'm your brother. I was raised here in this living hell. You don't know my kind in you.
here, everyone, and happy Thursday. And Thursday night means Terry Delp and means taking it to the streets. Terry, welcome. What are we going over tonight? Hey, John, how's it going, brother? Um, this this has been with me kind of all all week. And uh, what does it mean to be a good Catholic? What does that mean? You know. Um, many of us believe uh, that you know, go to church every Sunday. You do your your best to uh, not break any of the Ten Commandments, and uh, and you're a good Catholic, right? Everybody else is uh, is is not such a good Catholic. But I wanted to uh, talk about. What does it really mean to be a, a good Catholic, right? Like, so if I hire you to, uh, you know, to do a particular job and uh, you do, you know, everything that's required of you uh, for that job, does does that make you a good employee? As an employer, does that make me want to promote you? Usually, um, it's going above and beyond what's required, right? So, you know, going to church every Sunday, that's a minimum obligation to even be a Catholic, let alone a good Catholic. That's that's a minimum requirement to be a Catholic. If you're missing Mass intentionally, then you're, you're, in, you're in grave mortal sin. If you only go to church on Christmas and Easter, and you're—I mean—then you're you're not really Catholic. You're not living a Catholic life, right? Mm-hmm. And if you do meet all of the minimum requirements, then you're you're just you're just Catholic. That's that's it, you know. Um, right. But what does it mean? It's kind of the starting line. Be, right. What does it mean to be a good Catholic? It's kind of like the name of this show, the four persons. When you're able to give God everything, your whole life revolves around Jesus and not the other way around. What does it mean to be a good Catholic? That means being Catholic everywhere you go. That means doing God's will no matter where you're at. You know, um, I I was fortunate when I first came out here to Georgia for this project, uh, I say I was fortunate. Uh, for whatever reason, the uh, the contractor uh, didn't do anything for like the first two weeks, and I was just sitting out here. Well, I rented this uh, this little spot, like I told you before, and um, it's like three minutes from the only Catholic church. That I think the next one's like an hour away. So. Uh, you know, I was able to go to daily mass, um, and you know, I'm trying to trying to hit a confession, you know, weekly, um, because I want to be. I mean, I'm not saying I'm 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 a, a good Catholic, right? But I'm striving for it. I'm doing my very best uh, everywhere I go. I want people to know I'm Catholic. In fact, when somebody says, "Hey," Do you know Terry? I don't. I don't want him to be like, oh, you mean the inspector, or or oh, you mean the guy with the engineering firm. 
When they say Terry, do you know Terry? I want them to be like, oh, you're talking about that Catholic guy who's always praying all the time. Yeah, yeah, I know him. You know, that's how mm-hmm. I want to be identified. I, I want to be a good Catholic. And I, I thought we should talk about that tonight, John, because, I mean, it's a good topic, and it kind of fits right along with the name of our apostolate, you know, the four persons, you know, um, as you said, to, to, to give God your whole mind, your whole heart, your your whole soul, and your whole strength, you know? Um, yeah. So I thought this would be a good topic, man. What do you think? A- absolutely. And what that means is um, you have to empty yourself out. So what are the most important things to being a true Catholic? And I, and I would say... I think what you're getting at is being a true Catholic, a true Catholic rather than a looks like a Catholic, rather than being a whitewashed tomb, as Jesus used to say. Uh, right, that, that right. Everything on the outside looks like you're Catholic, but inside you're not. So what are the two most important things? Well, the mo- two most important things are humility and obedience. And humility works like this. I can do all things through Jesus Christ who sustains me. Without Jesus, I can do nothing. Nothing. Amen. Nothing. Okay? Not the simplest thing can I do without Christ. Um, and, and, and whatever I do without Christ or whatever I do not fully committing myself to Christ, I'm going to get it wrong. 10% of the time, not 50% of the time, 100% of the time. I'm going to miss the mark. So yeah. that's the first thing is humility, realizing how small I am and how big he is. Uh, and the second thing is obedience. And obedience is hard. It's hard because sometimes, uh, Jesus, I want, I want to do this. I want this. Uh, this is the path that I want to go. And no, I need you to carry this cross right now. I need you here. I need you doing this. I need you dealing with this adversity. I need you. And um, and the thing about it, Carrie, I think it's very important to point out, a lot of people think that we have to seek out the trials and the obstacles and the challenges. Sometimes obedience is nothing more than just taking what the Lord sets before us each day, the trials and the tribulations and the struggles, the, the difficult boss, the traffic jam that you got to sit in, uh, the, the reassignment to a new location, or, or whatever it is that you're facing, the financial prop problem that you may be facing at that time, the family problem that you may be facing at that time, the health problem that you may be facing at that time. Uh, and and to carry those crosses without grumbling or complaining, and uh, I'm the first one that has to raise my hand as as somebody that has a lot of difficulty with that. Right, right, and and to go a step further, um, you know, for a practicing Catholic, there's there's you know, two very important sacraments, and they're and they go hand in hand. And that is, of course, 
the central sacrament, the 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 the, the, the most blessed Eucharist, and and two, the sacrament of reconciliation. I know yeah. many many Catholics who who go to church every Sunday, uh, but. For for whatever reason, they're able to explain away their need for the sacrament of reconciliation. That's I've gotten to the point where I I, I try to make it every week now, and yeah. I, you know, of course, I'm 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 confessing uh, venial sins, um, but it's kind of like you know. If you if you okay I, I didn't I didn't really sweat today so I don't need to take a shower man if you do that for seven eight nine ten days you're gonna stink it don't matter if you sweat it or yeah. not you know what I'm saying? right <laughs> right and and if you, you don't know, shower uh, for ten days people around you are going to know it you're not going to have to tell them <laughs> exactly and and it's the yeah. same thing like. If we allow, like, okay, well, I told a little white lie, you know, or um, I got mad at the guy who cut me off. But that's not really nothing to go to confession. It's not a mortal sin, you know. I don't need to go to confession for that. And and, and it's just dirt piling up, you know. That, that dirt just piles up and piles up and piles up. Yeah. And we've got to remember that this, this is a spiritual warfare that we're involved in. And our enemy satan has been around since the creation of man he is a very intelligent uh entity and he he knows how to lead us into mortal sin and his 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 goal i'm i'm not talking about you know um like a a a uh world type goal or uh in game, I'm talking about for mm-hmm. each of us individually. His goal right. is to trap us in the mortal sin and kill us. Right. That's his goal to drag so, us into the depths of hell. So let's talk about that because I think there there are some very important distinctions that need to be made of, about what you're saying. This, this is so true, folks. Understand the devil is willing to play the long game. He's willing to play the long game. He doesn't have to suck you into mortal sin today. He's going to chip, and he's going to chip, and he's going to chip. And weaken that armor just a little bit, just a little bit. Break you down just a little bit more, just a little bit more, just a little bit more. And then, out of the blue, when you're not expecting it, that's when he hits you with that big temptation. Exactly, and, exactly. Because and, like and, he like he knows if uh, he sends a prostitute to knock on my door, I'm gonna uh, I'm probably gonna pray for the lady and then send her on her way. Mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. if he tries to get me to uh, murder somebody, you know the big sins. He knows he has right. no shot. I'm 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 I am going to resist, right? Right. But when those 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 little sins, and, and you know, like I said, they might not be mortal sins. They're they're more than likely venial sins. You know, uh, like I said, telling a, a white lie or you know, getting angry in traffic. You know, just just little thinking ill thoughts about my brother. You know, just just little little bitty things, and they add up. 
and they add up, right. and they add up, and you don't never go and get those sins absolved, and eventually he'll he'll go in the back door with a big one. Well, I mean, you think about this. What did, what did Jesus say how faith works? And by the way, I want to say uh, hi to Mrs. Delp. I see her on the switchboard, so just want to say hi to her and hope that she's having a blessed uh, blessed evening. But uh, what did Jesus say about faith? Terry, he said it starts out as the smallest of seeds, like a mustard seed. Like a mustard seed, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then it, it slowly grows. It slowly grows, and then it becomes, eventually, it becomes the largest of all the trees. Well, folks, sin works the same way. Sin <laughs> don't show up at your front door with an 80-foot oak tree. No, he's going to plant that little seed, little seed. Uh, and it's and it's and it's up to you to crush it while it's still a little seed, because you let it grow, and the next thing you know, it's it's grown into a little plant, getting like bigger say, and bigger uh, and bigger. Every everything that Satan does, every tactic that he uses, is a perversion of what God does. If you mm-hmm. look at the uh, the seven fruits of the spirit. And then you could compare each one of those to the seven deadly sins, and it's the mm-hmm. complete opposite. And that's 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 how Satan works. It, everything you know, a lot of people does, a lot of people don't understand this, but in the Book of Revelation, in chapters twelve and seventeen of the Book of Revelation, the devil is uh, depicted as a seven-headed hydra, a seven-headed uh, monster. And one of the meanings of that, there's multiple layered meanings, but one of the meanings of that is the seven deadly sins. That's, that's oh, wow. what it's yeah. I mean, I'm familiar with the scripture. I didn't, I didn't know that about the, yeah, but that does make sense. It's the seven deadly sins because that is the totality of what Satan is to us as the enemy. Uh, he's yeah. trying to drag us under with those, with those seven deadly sins. So, when, when I started off by saying that humility is the most important thing, well, what is humility? Humility is the opposite of pride, right? And, and the, the devil is always trying to tell you how big you are, how big you are, how strong you are, how tough you are, how much more you are than everyone around you. Well, Terry, when you were younger, you kind of fell into that mindset, didn't you? I sure did. How well did that work out for you? <laughs> Not very well. And I still got to guard myself because, you know, even though I'm older and I know, obviously, I'm not as physically strong as, right. you know, those around me. But I still sometimes fall into the trap of thinking yeah. that I'm more intellectually stronger or that I'm more wiser or you know what right. I'm and so it's it's it may not be from a physical standpoint but that pride I mean yeah you, I, <laughs> I confessed pride uh yeah. a couple of weeks ago right and uh the priest was like oh yeah that that's a hard one you know and it is and yeah. it might not always it, but it's a deadly sin. It might not always reach to the level of, of mortal sin, 
but it is a deadly sin, yeah. and you've got so, to be on guard against it. Let's talk about let's talk about why we call them the deadly sins. I'm going to explain this to folks because uh, the pride in itself, or anger in itself, gluttony in itself, are not mortal sins by them by, by themselves, or the temptation of those things is not mortal sins. The reason they're called the deadly sins is because they're they're like the mouse trap. Once the mouse has figured out why the cheese is free, it's too late. And the seven deadly sins, the uh, the seven deadly sins are like that mouse trap. Oh look, free cheese! Look, Terry, free cheese! Snap. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And that, that's how the seven deadly sins work. They're enticement. They're the devil calling you into his little playground. Okay? And if if you if you have a, a struggle with pride, you'll be like, you know what? I can't go play in the devil's playground. I'm going to be okay. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to go all the way in to this temptation, but I'm just going to go a little bit in. I can pull back. I'll just give one example. You know, I'm an alcoholic, but I can go to the bar tonight. I'm just going to have three or four. I'll be fine. That's all I'm going to have. Okay? Well, if you're an alcoholic, you got to be strong enough and wise enough to know don't go. Don't have one. It's a it's a weakness for you. It's a trap for you, and you're not strong enough. And that humility is what allows you to realize you're not strong enough. That allows you to say to God, God, I'm not strong enough. I can't fight this battle by myself. But with your help, I can't overcome it. On my own, I got no shot. And I hear people say, I've heard Catholics tell me over the years, where I, I just don't understand. I'm trying so hard. I'm trying so hard. I'm trying to do everything. I keep promising God that I'm going to. I'm not going to mess up again, and and I just uh, I tell I promise him I'm not going to mess up again, and then I go and mess up again. I said you you got it all wrong. You you got it all wrong. See, this is why you keep falling. You keep falling because you think the battle is between you and the devil, <laughs> son. That's a battle you're going to lose every time. <laughs> you're going to lose that battle every time. Your prayers need to change. Your prayers need to not be to promise God. Uh, what you're going to do for him to gain his approval. Your prayers need to be, God, without your help, I know I'm going to mess up. There ain't no doubt about it, okay? Please help me. Help me. Show me what you can do through me. When you stop saying, Lord, let me show you what I can do for you and start saying, please show me what you can do through me, it changes the whole equation, doesn't it, Terry? Oh yeah, oh yeah, and 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 uh, um, yeah, and, and, and you know, even like I say it a lot, but I, I don't de- I don't describe what I'm saying, right? And and I, I say this a lot. I like look, if you have a habitual sin, pray the rosary habitually, and you know the sin will leave, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it goes back to what you're saying. Like I can't, I can't do this on my own. I need supernatural 
graces Grace. in order yeah. to fight a supernatural enemy. You know, it's like if 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 I tried, you know, to go squabble with a gorilla, I mean, he's mm-hmm. he's he's you know obviously you know going to destroy me. There's there's nothing I can do about it. And, it's, right. and we got to realize this this is a battle. This is a fight. And and our in this fight, if we try to do it on our own, we're going to be defeated every single time because we yep. do not have the power. And 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 Satan, you know, he's coming out with this this. Uh, and I've seen it all over Facebook. You know, uh, believe in the power of self. Even like a lot of Protestant preachers are like, you know. Um, believe in uh, uh, I am, but putting a twist on it because when they say that mm-hmm. they're not talking about God, they're talking about me. Like I am great, I am powerful, I am this or I am that. And no, no, we're, we're not. We are finite beings battling an infinite creature. You know. Well, uh, Paul used the same argument. Paul used that same I am argument. He absolutely did. You know what Paul said? That I I am am nothing. I am weak. I am nothing. I am powerless. Okay? In one of his scriptures, he says, I, I, in my weakness, you know, I'm paraphrasing, but I boast in my Mm -hmm. weakness to prove the glory of God, you know, um, and, and, and it was Paul that wrote the scripture you quoted earlier, Philippians, uh, Philippians four thirteen, I believe. I can do all things through mm-hmm. Christ who strengthens me. You know, right. and it was Paul that gave us the 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 armor of God, the the the, the necessary tools we need to do battle with evil. You know. And it all comes from God, the breastplate of righteousness, the helmet of salvation, you know, the the the, the shoes that are the gospel uh, spreading the gospel of peace. Uh, these are all tools that God gives us to empower us through Him against the against evil. You know, I keep saying the enemy, but the enemy and evil are interchangeable. Right. And the other thing, the last thing that I would say is surround yourself with people who are going to hold you accountable. And that's and and that's a hard thing to do. And and I'm gonna tell you something, brother Carrie. How long have we known each other? It's been a few years now. Oh. Yeah, it's been a minute now. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, guys, Carrie's gonna be my witness here. There's been more than once or twice. Where Terry's had to set me down and set me straight. There's been more than once or twice when he he said, "Hey, listen, okay, uh, you know, you're letting this stuff get to you. You're letting this stuff eat at you. Uh, you're letting people goad you. You're letting people draw you into their little whirlwind." There's been times when you've had to kind of set me straight and tell me, "Listen." I can't be part of this. I can't be part of your little battle with this guy or, 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 or whatever it is that, 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 Hey, listen, brothers do that. Friends do that. You have to admonish your brothers. You have to, it's called fraternal correction. 
and we've and we've all had to do it, and we've all had to be subject to it. But um, you know, when you're doing wrong and your friend sets you straight, you can't let that pride rear rear the ugly head and say, well, you know, um, I, you know, I, I can't I can't be having anybody tell me what's what, or I can't be having anybody tell me that uh, that that I'm wrong. Uh, and then, yeah, it's hard to accept. It's sometimes it's hard to accept. Yeah. But but when you have people that you know love you and you know care about you, well then then you know their hearts in the right place when they say, listen, you know you're you're uh, you know you're 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 destroying yourself here. Um, how do you think people ever break addictions? People are never going to break addictions. Unless somebody number one holds them accountable, and number two gives them the help and support that they need, that okay, you can beat this. No, I I can't. I can't beat this addiction. Yes, you can. You can, and you will. And I'm going to be here to support you. And this is one of the things that I've always said about you, Terry. That that's so important is you have that credibility to say that to people. People say, you don't know what I've been through in my life. Yes, I do. <laughs> been there, done that, got the T-shirt. I I know what you've been through, and I got out of it, and I got past it, and because and, and I didn't get past it because of how strong I am or how wonderful I am. I got past it because of how wonderful God is. And let me talk right. to you a little bit about Jesus Christ, and let me talk to you about what Jesus Christ can do to your life. Not what John can do for your life. Not what Terry can do for your life. Because if you depend on me to get you out of the hole, you're going to be in an even deeper hole than you were in before. (laughs) But let me tell you about what Jesus Christ did for me. Let me tell you about what Jesus Christ did for Terry. And, uh, you know, know, how many times have you heard this one, Terry? I love this. I love this one. I hear people say, well, you know, I can't believe I messed up again. I can't believe I messed up again. Well, go to confession, okay? No, no, I, you know, I, I can't go to confession right now. I can't go to mass right now. I, can't, I just can't face God. I got, I got to get strong enough in order to be able to do it. Shut up, okay? Just shut up. Just eat up. Don't, you got to get strong so you can go back to God? No, 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 no. You go back to God so you can get strong. You don't get exactly. strong so you can go to confession. You go to confession because you can get strong. You're on the wrong side of the fight. You're like, oh, I, 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 I got to get strong so I can get my armor. <laughs> and you talk about that's fighting. Like saying, that's like saying I need, I need to get in shape before I go to the gym. You know, just, right. that's not how it yeah. works. Right, right, exactly. You know, I need to get over. I need to get over this pneumonia before I can go to the hospital. <laughs> You know, um, but you talked about that uh, fighting the, the big gorilla, and, the, and you're gonna lose if you if you try to fight the big gorilla. What if you got a 50 caliber machine gun? You're feeling a lot better about going to fight that gorilla, right? Right. Now it's not a big problem, right? All right. Well, guess what, folks? The rosary is your 50 caliber machine gun. <laughs> That's your 50 caliber machine gun that you take into the battle. You know. Otherwise, you're trying to fight the gorilla with your bare hands. And how smart is that? Okay? Yeah. That, that gorilla ain't afraid of you. 
But I'll tell you what, that gorilla's afraid of Mama Mary. That gorilla's afraid of Jesus Christ. He's, he's afraid of them. He ain't afraid of you. He's not. He's not. You go boxing with Satan, who's going to win that one, Terry? Satan's going to win every time. Yeah. And every time. I, you know, I, I jokingly say this, but uh, I say that, uh, you know, it's too late for the devil now. You know, if he kills me, I get my reward. He should have killed me while he had me in his army. He let me flip sides, you know. It's too late now. <laughs> right. And 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 this is what I meant by what it means to be a good Catholic. Uh, uh, I, I mentioned the, the 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 two sacraments that are that are repeated over and over and over and over again, right? Uh, the rest of the sacraments, it, it's 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 a one and done. The sacrament of the Most Holy Eucharist and the sacrament. Of reconciliation There's a reason why We receive those sacraments Over and over and over and over and over again Throughout our life Because those sacraments Strengthen us Mm -hmm. And we As Catholics Especially you know I'm making the distinction between I'm making three Distinctions here Between a good Catholic A Catholic and a person professing to be Catholic, right? Right. And the reason why well, I'm making that distinction, a person professing to be Catholic is the type of person that church, Christmas and Easter, or, um, you know, family events or something like that. They're not really Catholic. They're only Catholic in name. They're not living a Catholic life. Then you have Catholics uh, who do the minimum requirements. They go to church every Sunday. Uh Hopefully, if you're in that category, you're going to confession at least once a year because that is a minimum requirement. The sacrament of reconciliation must be received at least once a year. Mm-hmm. And I will say this. I'm, I'm going to say this about the second group. I'll okay. A, a stern warning to those Catholics. If you do manage to escape hell, you're going to spend a long time in purgatory. Amen. You're going to spend a long time in purgatory because when you meet your maker, he's going to say, what did you do? Lord, I did the least I could get away with. The, I, you set the bar, and I, and I straddled the bottom of the, uh, of, the, of the bar. I straddled right along that trailing edge. The, what was the least that I could do to escape hell? So... So yeah, what you're yeah. saying is your your relationship with me wasn't about loving me. It was about fire insurance. That's what it was, right? Right. It wasn't you still had a liar. You still had a love of self that was greater than your love for me. This is our Savior talking. Now, I'm going to tell you something I've noticed over the last few years that had been a transformation in me. I still slip and fall, Terry. I still slip and fall, okay, as much as anybody else out there, and I ain't going to lie about it, but I've noticed something that's, that's, that's changed. The Bible says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. That's that, that servile fear. 
that fear of punishment, that fear of the consequences of sin. But it says that's just the beginning of wisdom. You're not supposed to stay at the beginning. You're supposed to grow. And when you have advanced in your journey of true Catholicism, what it's truly about, then when you have one of the big falls, oh, man, it hits you hard. It hits you hard. I mean, you just feel dirty. You just feel just, you're, you're overwhelmed at the magnitude of the hurt that you've caused God. You're overwhelmed at, at the grief of having offended so good of a God. Do you understand what I'm saying? You, it, it transforms the way that you are, that you're, that you, you almost don't even think about the consequences anymore. You're, you're, what? Well, wow. I, I got to get to confession because if I don't, I'm going to go to hell. That's the way it was before. Now it's, man, I, I, I got to get to get to confession so I can tell Jesus I'm sorry. So I, I can, how sorry I am that I, that I fell again. Uh, it transforms, and that's the Holy Spirit working inside of you. That's not anything that's changed inside of me by my own effort or anything that I can take any credit for. But that's the sign inside your heart that the Holy Spirit is working inside of you. And when that happens, um, you going to church is no longer an obligation. You want to go see Christ because we believe that the most blessed sacrament, the Holy Eucharist, is the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ. So you, you, and you know what? Come to this realization. I, I, I find myself at times uh, kicking myself because I'm like, man, I didn't make it to the church today. You know, mm-hmm. not, I mean, okay, I haven't done nothing wrong. You know, I haven't done nothing wrong, but okay. But say you live down the street from your best friend. Y'all chop it up every day. Y'all, y'all are best friends, you know. You live right down the street from him. Y'all go see each other every day. And then three or four days passes and you didn't go see him. You know, and, and, and it's, it's kind of the same way. It's like when, when that time of your life comes to where you are now Catholic out of love, not out of fear, you know, mm-hmm. then, yeah, when, when you go two or three days without going to church, I mean, I'm not saying mass. I mean, because sometimes, you know, you got your work yeah. schedule and you, and you can't you can't make it, you know, you can't. But he's there inside that Catholic church. So sometimes you just got to drive up and, 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 and say your prayers in the park a lot. Nobody else is there. The doors are locked. Sometimes you just got to go say your prayers in the parking lot, knowing that, that the Holy Eucharist is inside. Jesus is physically inside that church. Does that make sense? Well, no, it makes it makes absolute, you know, complete sense. So, you know, I, I and I, and I, I mean, I can give a hundred examples of what you're saying. If I don't do my morning devotionals, I know it. I feel it. 
Okay. I feel it. Uh, something's missing. I didn't I didn't get to do my morning prayers this morning. Well, I'm going to darn sure do them this afternoon. Um, you, you miss it. You have that longing for it. And, 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 and I mean, like we said with the apostles, Jesus becomes your whole heart, your whole mind, your whole soul, your whole strength. You're just all in. You're just all in all the time. And your whole world revolves around Jesus Christ. You're going to work, you're working for Jesus Christ. You're going out, uh, you know, with the family, you're going out for Jesus Christ. Everything that you're doing uh, becomes a prayer. Uh, you know, even when we're apart from our families and sometimes our, our work, you know, situation does that, we're still praying for them. We're still praying for them. We're still loving them. We're still calling them. And and all of that is, it's just real to us. It's not going through the motions. It's real. There's a fire inside of you that's real. Uh, and you realize your life has purpose. And you realize that everything else is a means to an end. My goal is not here. My final destination is not here. Uh, and sometimes you can get frustrated. I do. Every day I get frustrated because uh, things may, may maybe not turning out the way I hoped they would or uh, run into some, some obstacles or difficulties. But you start to realize it's bigger than, it, than, than that. It's bigger than the problems I went through today. And, and you know, at night you, you say you're at your contrition. You know, this is what we said uh, a few shows ago. Start every day with a morning offering. Start every night with an act of contrition. It just it just sets your day right. I don't care how holy you think you are. At at the end of the day, you you're not going to hit the mark a hundred percent every day. At the end of the day, you got something to uh, to feel sorry for. True, and I do want to say this because. I said it earlier. If you find yourself in habitual sin, pray the rosary habitually. I hear so many people say, I'm not religious, I'm spiritual. Mm-hmm. You, you can't have one without the other. <laughs> if, well, uh, that's like that's saying, the devil. You know, describe yeah, the devil. He's not religious, he's spiritual. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? And, and here's the thing. Uh, if you look up religion, there's, there's, there's a few deaths definition but some people work out religiously and you can see the the uh effects of that mm-hmm. religion right they work out religiously they're they're physically fit you know what i'm saying um some people read religiously you know there, I mean, and, and and you can see you can see the effects. These people, their intelligence grows as their as as the amount of books that they read grows, right? Right, right. And and with us, our religion, the Catholic Church, and the 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 sacramentals, not the sacraments, but the sacramentals that we do religiously. You once it becomes habit forming, you will see the effects. That's why I say if you if you sin habitually, 
pray the rosary habitually. And what I mean by that is, and I'm still guilty of it. I, I, I try to say my rosary every day and twice on Thursdays. And sometimes I find myself just going through the motions, right? Yeah, I'm not in it. I, I, I don't. I don't have an emotional reaction. I'm not in it. I'm just going through the motions because it is a habit. I've got to do it every day. Just like, a need to understand. To gym, just like a person that goes to the gym religiously, and sometimes they're not feeling it. It's like, oh, man, I don't want to. Oh, it's leg day. And I don't want to do reps. You still do the reps. They go get it. Yeah. And, your, and your rosary is the same way, folks. You need to understand this. It's an act of the will. doesn't matter if you feel it or not. Feelings come and go. Sometimes God will give you those consolations to encourage you. Sometimes he'll give you those desolations to pull you. Okay? Do not pay attention to your emotions. Okay? Love is an act of the will. Okay? I called Terry at 3 o'clock in the morning and said, hey, Terry, I got a big problem. I'm broken down here on the middle uh, I-95. Can you come help me? All right? Terry doesn't have to feel it. Right. All right. So the whole time he could be saying, you know, there's 86,000 things I'd rather be doing than this. But you know what? You make the trip, you do it. It's an, and in fact, I've read a lot of spiritual books that have told me this, Terry. This is very important. It is more meritorious for you then. It is more meritorious for you to say that rosary during those periods of dryness, during those periods when you don't feel it and you force yourself through it, you gain more merit for that because it's the devil that's putting up that resistance, Okay. And you're, and you're working that much harder to overcome that resistance. Second thing is, I want to emphasize something that Terry said. There was a saint, I believe it was St. Louis de Montfort that said this. And this is an amazing quote about the rosary. He said, if you have a habitual sin, habitually pray the rosary, and you will give up one or the other. He said, you cannot continue in the rosary and continue in habitual sin. You will give up one or the other. And the one that you, the one that you give up is the one uh, that you don't persist in. All right? So if you don't pers- persist in the rosary, then, then, the, then the habitual sin is going to win out. But if you persist in the rosary that eventually you're going to conquer that habitual sin. Time may take a lot of work, may take a lot of rosaries, but the rosary is that powerful. There is no addiction. There is no habitual sin that cannot be overcome through the power of the rosary if you persist in it and persevere in it. That and that might be where I get it from. Uh, I might have read that somewhere, but it's true. It's it it is true, and and you know, I don't want to put myself up on a, on a pedestal, but I do want to say this. 
15, uh, I'm sorry, I got baptized November of 2001. For those first 10 years or so, when I went to confession, some of the things I confessed uh, would cause horror in the eyes of the priest hearing the confession. Now, sometimes when I go to confession, I see annoyance in the eyes of the priest. Like, really? Are you really taking my time up with this? You know what I'm saying? So, right. I I, want to be clear about what I think that you're trying to say. I want to try to get this out for anybody that's tuning in. Terry is not trying to say how he's all of a sudden got so much holier. and, And see, look how... I'm so holy, I don't even hardly even need to confess anything serious in in confession anymore. That's not what Terry is saying. What Terry is saying is that he now avails himself so much of the sacrament of confession because he recognizes his weakness so much better than he recognized it before. Because he didn't recognize his weakness. He was weak when he thought he was strong, and he's getting strong because he recognizes that he's weak. And that's what Jesus exactly. said to Paul. Jesus said to Paul is that my strength is manifested in your weakness. All right? And and, and what it basically boils down to is that Terry is not going to let his guard down. He is not, he's not going to give the devil an end. I'm going to go to confession I'm going to avail myself habitually of confession. If I can go once a week, I'm going to go once a week. I'm not going to let him, you're not going to let that, that little seed grow into that big plant. Because once that, hey, once it grows exactly. into an oak tree, it's hard to bring that thing down. And I forgot who I heard say this, but uh, it stuck with me. And that is, I'm not where I want to be. But I thank God <laughs> that I'm not where I was. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's. Uh, I know who said that. I'm gonna tell you who said that. That was the great Lou Holtz, and I actually talked to him on the radio one time and, and threw that quote back at him. Uh, it's one of my favorite quotes. The great Lou Holtz, uh, former national championship coach of Notre Dame, and uh, his second season there, they asked him, they said, well, how is, how is the team doing? How is the team coming along? And he said, look, we're not where we need to be. We're not where we want to be. But thank God we're not where we used to be. <laughs> and I've kind of yeah, used that, yeah. use that as a, as a life message. Uh, I feel the same way that you do, Terry. I am not where I want to be. I am not where I need to be. But I ain't where I used to be. Thank God for that. Yes, yes. And and that's what I meant about uh, the seriousness of the sins. It's been a long time since I found myself in a state of mortal sin, right? Right. Because you but understand the malice of it. You understand the malice of it now. Right, even right. when you even when you I fall feel. into a like for instance, I, I'll just give an example. Let's just say me and you got in an argument, 
and I, I don't know of any time that me and you have ever gotten in a, you know, in an argument or bitter or anything. I don't think it's ever happened. But let's just say that it did. All right? And, you know, things got heated. We got a little angry. We said some things back and forth that, you know, we shouldn't have said or, or that we didn't mean. It's going to be eating at you. I, I just know it. If you're, if you're like me, it's an hour later, two hours later, you're like, man, I shouldn't have said that. Man, what's wrong with me? Why did I say that? That was awful for me to say that. And it's, uh, it, you know, where 10 years ago it might have been, well, you know what, he's going to hold that against me and I better apologize or there's going to be hell to pay and, you know, whatever. But now it's, man, he's my friend. I shouldn't have said that. What, you know, what an awful thing for me to do. That was an awful thing for me to do. Lord, I'm so sorry I did that to my friend. Please forgive me for doing that to my friend. Your whole interior feeling about sin changes. And it's because God lights that light inside of you that allows you to see it. You know, you, you go into a place, you're, you're doing an inspection on a home or something like that, and it's dark in there. All right, you might not see all the imperfections and everything. Then all of a sudden, somebody turns all the lights on. You're like, wow, there's mold stains on the walls over here. And, and oh, there's cracks in the foundation over here. And, you know, this, the, the floor tiles all broken over here. And the windows are cracked. And you see all these imperfections when the light comes on. And sin is like that. Once God lights that light, uh, uh, light inside of you, you you start to see those foundation uh, cracks that you didn't see before, and and you start to realize, you know, it what you know. Well, uh, yeah. So I got angry yesterday. Everybody needs to get over it. That used to be your attitude, but now it's, man, I I got to get right. I can't talk to people like that. I can't act like that. I can't let my emotions get control of me like that. You start to become more and more and more accountable, even about the little things. And that's what Terry was saying. That's why he goes to confession and confesses these manual sins, these small things that a lot of people aren't going to confession and confessing them. And you're not going there to try to get brownie points. You're not going there to try to show how holy you are. You're going there because even these little sins bother you. Am I right? Exactly. And that that was my point um, is – I still try to go to confession every week because I know how even, like, looking back, you know, if I was to see me, excuse me, if I was to see me in the Catholic me in 2003 or 2004, looking forward, if I could see me now, I would think, man, I've made it. I've I've, I've perfected uh, my Catholic faith. You know, but now where I'm at, seeing myself, I realize how imperfect I am, right? right. And I I realize how imperfect my thoughts are. I realize how imperfect my motivations to do good are, right? My my I realize how imperfect my motivations, even to serve God. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons why I, I, I try to avail myself of the sacrament of reconciliation. That and uh, 
Paul's uh, uh, admonition to the, the, the church of Corinth, whoever eats of, of the body of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, whoever drinks of the blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, unworthily eats and drinks damnation unto themselves. Mm-hmm. So if there's a sin I don't know about, yeah, when I go to confess yeah. and confess the sins I do know about, all of them are absolved. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you don't want to you don't want to face the tribunal of God with that one on your soul. <laughs> you just exactly. do not. That is not a place that you want to be to say, Lord, I I received you when when I was in mortal sin. Uh, you do not want to hear those words that are going to follow that. Um. We're down to the last minute, Terry. Um, this has been a great show, and I'm really, I'm really glad that you did this tonight. I think this was empowering and this was enlightening. Um, would you end us with a closing prayer, please? Yes, sir. And then, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray, and do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl throughout the world seeking the ruin of souls. In the name of the Amen. Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And I'll say one more time to Mrs. Delp, uh, God bless you for standing by this man and uh, keep him strong and... Um, I'm so proud of uh, of both of you for the way that you uh, stand up together for God and and the uh, and the beacons that you are for our faith. It's very inspiring. Oh, and I miss you, baby. I hope to be home soon. <laughs> All right. God bless. Have a great night. All right. God bless everybody. Bye. All right.